0: Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. What is up, Transformation Church? How are we doing today? Hi. Nice to see y'all. My name is Chris Tisado. I'm the youth pastor here at Transformation Church. I just want to take a second and just, can can we give a good hearty round of applause for Pastor Jamie and Pastor Sandra Goldenberg, our lead pastors at Transformation Church. Thank you, Pastor, for believing in me and my wife and pouring into me and my wife and just how good y'all have been to us. And thank you for leading this church in a tough season. And we love you. Thank you. Can we also go ahead and make some noise for what God is doing in this building today? Can we give a a hearty cheer? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Listen, what's up? My name is Chris, and today we're ending the Playlist Series. This is part four of Playlist. I don't know if you've been here for any of the other parts, but what the Playlist Series is, it's when we take Billboard's top 100 songs of the last decade or so, and we go ahead and we pick out kind of themes from songs and tie them into what God's Word says, and it's a lot of fun. So I'm really excited to, to go ahead and be communicating today. The song I pick for today's sermon is weight on you by Maverick City and Elevation Worship. We got any? We got any fans in the building? Do We have any? Any fans of that album in the building? Listen, that old church basement album. I'll tell you what, it slaps. All right, it's a banger. It has. It's. It's nothing but hits from the front to the back. I mean, you want to just. You know, you want to get caught up in the feels. Listen to that album, bro. But I picked that song today because. First off, like I said, the album is doing amazing. It's breaking records, not only in the Christian music world, but just in music in general. But on top of that too, the song Wait On You kind of speaks to to my life and in my season that I'm in right now. And I really do truly believe that everyone in here, whether it was past, like you did wait on the Lord, or you're currently in the season of waiting on the Lord, I feel like all of us can relate to the idea of waiting on the Lord. Can I get an amen? Amen. Listen, James in the Bible gives us insight into waiting on the Lord. It's actually great. James chapter 5, verse 7 and 8 says this. says, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. The title for today's sermon is The Virtual Cue. Say The Virtual Cue. Say the virtual cue. cue. Now look at three people and say, you're virtually cute. I'm kidding. Don't say that. That's weird. Don't say that. Don't look at nobody. Listen, I'm sorry. Let's pray right now. Lord God. Thank you for everything. Thank you for laughter. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for an awesome time in worship, Lord God. I pray that you use all this time up right now, that this is not me, but it's you, Lord God. It's your agenda. It's your will. It's your word. So I pray, Lord God, that whoever needs to receive this today receives it, and you move on whoever you need to move on. We love you so much, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, I find that the more important a situation is to me, the more impatient that I become. That's why I hate the lines at Disney. I hate the lines at Disney, y'all. Listen, there's this ride called the Rise of the Resistance. Do we have any Star Wars fans in the building today? Got a couple. Live long and prosper. I'm kidding. Lost so many of the fans out there. Listen... I hate I hate the lines at Disney. There's this ride called The Rise of the Resistance and, and it was such a, a hyped up ride. It was so overhyped that you can't even stand in a visual, physical line. No, you have to join what's called the virtual queue. What happens is Disney makes you download their specific app. You gotta buy tickets through the app. You gotta go ahead and mark what park you're gonna be at what day and reserve your spot. But then at 7 a.m. and at 2 p.m., if you go on their app and you, you've done and all that other stuff, then you're able to tap in to join the virtual queue for a chance to ride the ride. Not to ride the ride, a chance to ride the ride. And so, best believe, you know, I'm uh, me and my wife are, are at Disney. It's like you know, the night before we're about to go to Disney, we're staying at Disney property because you got to be in the vicinity of the park to go ahead and reserve your spot. That's how they get you. You get know what I'm saying? But either way, I, I'm telling, I'm hyping my wife up. I'm like, yo, baby, listen. You know I got you. You want to ride this ride? I'm going to wake up early tomorrow. I'm going to get it taken. You rest your sweet little head. Girl, don't worry about it. I go ahead. I wake up 6.30 in the morning, okay? I, I'm, I'm ready, I got so much energy I, I'm doing some sit-ups I'm doing some push-ups, right I got some, I, I got some breakfast in me you know what I'm saying I'm, I'm praying over the phone I'm calling all my intercessory prayer warriors across the world I'm like, yo, find a map, find a globe and just pray over Florida right now we need favorite Disney World right now for this spot, right I go ahead, 7 o'clock starts to roll around I'm looking at the second hand on the clock for 7 o'clock boom, Psh, press the button immediately. Nope, you didn't get it. I'm like, what you mean I didn't get it? What do you mean I didn't? Like, like I'm calling my prayer orders. Like, y'all, y'all didn't pray in the right. Y'all, y'all must have didn't pray in the spirit, y'all. Listen, I was so upset. I was like, what, what, what do you mean I didn't make it? I knew we had a 2 p.m. spot. I knew I had another chance to, but I was so confused. And so we're at the park, and, and even though we're in the vicinity of the park, I, I, I'm like, babe, if I'm going to go ahead and try at 2 p.m., we need to be waiting right next to the ride. We got to be right here because I need all the luck and everything that I could get to get these, this spot. We're, we're standing right outside the ride. It's about 1.45 and I started to look around. I see everyone in the park is doing the same exact thing that I'm doing. Everyone's gathered up right next to this ride. We don't have to be. We all, we all doing it. Two o'clock starts to roll around. I'm wiping the sweat. There we go. Boom. Click the button. The circle. The spinning circle that will just never end. And I'm praying it's not AT&T cell reception in the Disney park. I'm just hoping that I get my tickets. I hear to over to my left, we hear our family go, yay, we made it. I'm like so mad in a moment. I'm like envious of their joy in that moment until ride right I hear a family, I hear a dad hugging his kids and like, it's okay, we'll be back in five years. Well, we'll You guys will get your opportunity. Don't worry. You're too young to remember anyways. You'll, you'll forget. Like I'm just, and all I see still is that spinning circle Till finally, boom, it says you're with boarding group 101. I'm like, let's go! The entire rest of the time, we're going ahead. We're, we're standing in other lines riding other rides, but the entire time I just Keep checking my phone because they keep for them to call the group number. I'm like, okay, 101. They're at 65. 101. They're at 75. We got close. We get finally they call our group number. We go through the ride. They take us into this this spaceship. They open up the door. It goes. Pshhh. You see the little Disney mist come out. You know what I'm saying? You step up. You step in. And they took me and my wife to the very back of the aircraft. You know, so that way you know people wouldn't freak out when they saw me because you know I'm Chris Tosada. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm so kidding. Listen, we're we're standing in the in the spaceship and it starts kind of moving a little bit, you know what I'm saying? And they're playing some stuff on the LED screen and we're just standing in the back and as I continue looking around and that's all that's happening. I'm like, is this it? This this can't be it. No, 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 this can't be what this was hyped up for. And uh, eventually a Disney employee in a Star Wars costume comes up and they're like, okay, let's all exit the spacecraft. And I'm like, yo, that really was it. Oh, wow. And I just, I step out. I'm just so disappointed. I'm looking down, I step out of the aircraft and then I, I, I look up. What I didn't realize was, in the middle of that small little shaking, I didn't see what was going on outside. I didn't see what was going on where I couldn't see. But when I walk out, we're in this Star Wars utopia. There's hills and mountains and creatures running around and and they take you into this bigger starship and and it's a life-size replica and it's crazy. There's a hundred stormtroopers just standing out of tension and everyone's in character and they finally strap us into the ride portion. It it keeps getting better and better to the point where after I exit, did the ride. The rest of the day was just shot because I was like, I'll never get that back. Like that was the best thing I've ever experienced in my life. And I'll never like, I, what are we supposed to do? Ride Dumbo now? Like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Listen, I just feel like today, some of you in here are in that beginning season of waiting on God. And you're in that starship and you feel a little movement, but you can't see what's going on. And you're asking God, is this it? God, is this, is this what I, I, th- I thought you were going to do? Is this what all the hype was about? Is this, is this it? I want to encourage you. We serve a good God. We serve a God who's good enough to do it. And we serve a God who, when we wait on the Lord, we will always look back and say, that was so much better than I could have ever expected. We just have to go ahead and get comfortable waiting in the virtual queue. And and James helps us with that. Actually, I'm gonna share three thoughts from that scripture in James that will help encourage us when it comes to our season of waiting on the Lord. Say wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Say wait on the Lord. wait on the Lord. Listen, the first thing, write this down, write this down. It's seasons over seconds. First thing you need to know about waiting on the Lord is it's seasons over seconds. That scripture in James, one more time. It says, the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop. See, a farmer doesn't track progress by seconds. A farmer has to track progress by seasons. Like in one season, the farmer is going ahead and putting the seed in the ground. And he knows that in a different season, he'll be able to harvest the crops of which he put in the ground in in a previous season. Listen, a lot of us couldn't be farmers. Like, we would, have, we would have put the seeds in the ground and five minutes later, we would have been picking them out and eating them. Like, like we're, I think it's our culture. Our culture is so now, 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 now that we're, we're bad at waiting. Like, can I be honest with y'all? I know too many people who, when the market started to dip, they sold their entire stock portfolio. Five minutes, they're like, boom, I'm out, I'm good. Listen, I know too many people, Bitcoin is like $40,000 a coin. And I know too many people who are buying and selling, they're day trading off of a $1 fluctuation of a $40,000 coin. We're, We're bad at waiting, guys. I mean, I'm gonna call somebody out here right now. But listen, we microwave pizza rolls for timing reasons when we know they're better when they're crispier. I hate soggy pizza rolls, somebody. But listen, we're so bad at waiting. We would rather, I know how y'all do it. Y'all pour the entire bag on that plate. then They're like trying not to fall over in the microwave. Like you're, you're trying to make sure, like you're watching it as it's spinning around, making sure nothing falls. You're watching the seconds. You're counting by the seconds. But we all know that crispier pizza rolls are better. We just hate waiting on the preheat. We hate when we when we cook them in the oven. We gotta wait for the preheat. We gotta grab one of those oven trays. And if you're in my household, it doesn't matter if you wash the oven tray. You still putting tin foil over it, somebody, because I'm a germaphobe. Okay, you know when you when you put the pizza rolls in the oven, you gotta take time to separate and space out each pizza roll so it doesn't explode on the other pizza roll. And then you got a monstrosity of pizza rolls. You know it just takes longer, but the outcome is so much better. The thing I'm worried about is that there's too many people in this room who are content with eating soggy pizza rolls. Can I tell y'all something, church? We ruin what we rush. We ruin what we rush. I want you to check out this quick little video. It's about chickens and about the the food process of today. I just want you to check this out with the idea that we ruin what we rush. Check this video out.
1: Chickens were first domesticated over 8,000 years ago. But it wasn't until the 1940s that major efforts were made to create a super breed. The Chicken of Tomorrow competition in America would change chickens forever. And the aim of that competition
0: was to try and encourage the development of a fast-growing chicken that could provide a larger amount of protein at an affordable cost.
1: The success of the contest proves conclusively that it is possible to breed chickens with superior meat type characteristics. Today, the life cycle of broilers, chickens that are bred purely for their meat, is entirely preordained. They grow faster and bigger than ever before, and they can only live supported by human technology. Chickens have changed so quickly, they are now four times the size they were in the 1950s. A barnyard chicken can live up to 10 years, showing the huge evolutionary change the broilers have undergone. But selective breeding on a global scale comes at a cost. If the chickens live beyond their planned life, they develop huge medical problems.
0: These birds can't then sustain that rapid weight growth beyond the point at which they're normally slaughtered because their bodies can't cope with it. And it also puts huge amounts of pressure on their internal organs as well.
1: And there are concerns the chicken industry is relying on an increasingly small gene pool. Pretty chicks? Yes, sir.
0: Alike as two peas in a pod.
1: If all of these
0: chickens have the same genetics. They're all fed the same food. They're actually very vulnerable to diseases that come in because they're all identical. So if one bird is affected, all the birds will be affected. Guys, listen, we ruin what we rush. We 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 can't wait and we're so impatient that we're like we're not content with how chickens have grown naturally. No, we need to go ahead and make them bigger, and meatier, and way faster. And when we started doing that, it started killing off so many chickens. This video was so much longer, I had to go ahead and cut it down. But so many chickens that are, that are grown in, those, in that kind of situation die so fast from heart disease, from organ failure, from so many different things, because we're trying to rush the progress and the process, and we're ruining what we rush. Listen, many of you are having issues waiting on the Lord because you're counting the seconds and not the seasons. A farmer lives their whole life in the virtual queue. Listen, it, it, we, we get comfortable with the physical Disney line. The physical Disney line is I, I walk up to the ride. I look up. I see the time frame of how long I'm going to be standing there. There's constantly time frame showing you oh, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 5 minutes. You can see the end of the line. You feel comfortable because you see all the progress made but God works in the virtual queue. Sometimes you don't see the time frame. Sometimes you don't see progress happening, but that's where we got to go ahead and trust God. See, counting by the seconds creates anxious Christians. But counting by the seasons brings a, a different kind of peace. See, a farmer knows that what died in this season will come back to life in another season. If somebody in here today needs to know that something you thought was dead in this season will be teeming with life in the next. We just have to wait on God. We got to be comfortable in the virtual queue and know that God is working past what we can see. Listen, you need to stay faithful. Don't leave the park because of the virtual queue. Don't leave the church because of frustrations about waiting on the Lord in the season. Just wait on the Lord and trust in the Lord because it's not only seasons over seconds, but it's trust over trials. It's trust over trials. Check this, James, the same scripture, chapter five, verse seven and eight says that, that the farmer patiently waits for the autumn and spring rains. You see, two things that the farmer's crop needs more than anything is rain and sunshine. And both of those things, the farmer has nothing to do with. The farmer doesn't summon the sun in the morning. The farmer doesn't bring the rain down. The farmer has to trust in God completely for those things. See, the farmer goes through the trial of waiting on the rain. If the farmer doesn't get any rain, his business is done for that year. His crops are just done. Listen, waiting on the rain is the farmer's trial. What is your trial? Some of you out here today are saying, you know, if I don't get that job, I can't pay rent this month. If if I don't pass that class, I'm going to lose all my scholarships. If I don't get healing soon, I'm not going to make it to my 40s. See, the farmer needs the rain just like you need your breakthrough. And James reminds us that the farmer waits patiently in the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm. The farmer trusts that God's going to take care of him. The farmer trusts in God for provision. Even though that's his trial, his trial is I need this rain. The farmer still trusts in God through the trial. Listen, Proverbs chapter three, verse five through six says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. It's trust over trials. You know, I, it reminds me a couple years ago, my brother Nathan. Is Nathan in the building right now? Nathan, he's stand up, stand up. Wave, go ahead. Hey, that's my brother Nathan. I know we don't look the same, we both adopted. Okay, so to get that question out the way. Yo, I brought my. last time I was preaching, my parents were here, and I introduced them to some of my people. And, and I remember Justin Kiesling, he's the one who, who runs our production. He was like, I was like, hey, Justin, these, this is my mom and dad. And like I said, I'm adopted. My dad's Puerto Rican, and my mom's white. And, and he just looks at them, he looks at me, he's like, listen, Chris, I don't know if you're being true or not. I don't know if you're joking or not. I want to take you seriously, but I joke too much. Listen, my brother back there, a couple years ago, he got really, really sick. Like it started uh, around Christmas uh, a couple years ago where he started to cough and and then the the small cough turned into a big cough, turned into like a horse cough. And then it continued and he would have coughing fits for 10, 15 minutes straight and nobody knew what was going on. So my parents take him to the hospital and the doctor runs an x-ray. And I remember the doctor coming into the room and just asking Nathan, he, he was like, dude, what kind of hardcore street drugs are you doing? because this is the only time we ever see something like this. And my brother, clean as a whistle, is like, nah, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, man. What, what's going on? He shows him the x-ray and he says, man, you have a big hole in the middle of your lung. And nobody knew how it got there. Nobody knew. We still to this very day don't know what caused that hole in his lung, but I just remember they, they took him to the ER. They ran test after test. They gave him medication after medication. And it was just the longest period of time where I was going to the hospital every single day to see my brother. And he just, he couldn't keep any food down at all. He kept getting skinnier and skinnier. And the doctor wouldn't give any, any specific answers as to what would go on or what the outcome would be because they didn't know. To this very day, they still don't know. And I just remember lifting up to God. Me and my family were just like, God, we know that the doctors and the experts don't know. But God, we know that you're good enough to heal my brother. We know you're the healer. We know you're our provider, God. So we just turn to you and we lift it up no matter how this looks, no matter how tough the trial is right now. God, we trust in you and we lift it up to you. Soon after that, they sent my brother home with a, with a pick line inside of him so he could go ahead and just inject steroids and, and, and inject uh, antibiotics just through that. And they sent him home and I remember them scheduling another x-ray real soon after that and he went into the, the hospital, they took the x-ray and um, I remember them just being shook and being surprised because when he went and got the x-ray, the hole was completely gone and I remember the doctor still... Come on, I know the doctors still don't know the answer, but that's because they're looking at the trial. We looked past the trial and we trusted in a savior. We trusted in a God that's big enough to heal through the trial. God is big enough to heal my brother when the doctors don't know what to do. Listen, trust and faith go hand in hand. And your faith and trust can't be built up on what you see currently during the trial. Because sometimes during your trial, you're going to lose a lot of faith. And you're going to be like, what's going on here? I don't know. You're going to have some trust issues maybe during the trial. But listen, sometimes you got to look back and remember how good God was in your last trial. You got to look back and you got to remember when God got you out of that situation that you weren't supposed to be in. When God was good enough to go ahead and heal your family member. When God was good enough to put on somebody's heart to give you that money when you was broke. You have to trust and remember that God is good enough to do it. The song, Wait on You, Dante sings, uh, God, I've tasted your goodness. I trust in your promise. I'm gonna wait on you. We know God is faithful to do it in the midst of our trials. We ruin what we rush, but we rush things that we don't trust. What are you rushing that God's trying to rain on in this season? What are you rushing that God's trying to rain on? Some of you are, are leaving job after job before God's even able to bless your work. So, so some of you out here are jumping from partner to partner before God's able to give you direction and, and, and send you to the person He set out for you. See see, some of you getting loan after loan before God even has time to do the miracle and financially provide. See? Because we have a trust issue. That's why we have to trust over the trial. We have to trust through the trial. When you trust in God, you don't rush the season. When you trust in God, you don't waste the season. And someone needs to hear this today. When you trust in God, you don't quit in the season. God works in the virtual queue. Listen, when I'm in the Disney virtual queue, right? While I'm waiting, I'm still going ahead and going on other rides while I'm waiting for the Disney virtual queue. While I'm waiting in the Disney virtual queue, I'm still hanging out with my people and my family and having a good time while I'm waiting on the virtual queue. In Disney, I'm getting some food and drink while I'm waiting on the virtual queue. Listen, God works in the virtual queue. So when you're waiting on God's virtual queue, I'm still serving in the house of the Lord while I wait. While we're waiting on God's virtual queue, I'm still going to connect groups and staying in community while I wait. And in God's virtual queue, I'm still getting fed by God's spirit and God's word while I wait. Because I'm not wasting the season. I'm not quitting the season. I ain't leaving the park. I ain't leaving the vicinity. Someone in here needs to know, you don't need to leave the church during your waiting season. Come on, your waiting is only a trial, but still you need to trust God through it. And just like the farmer, you need to know that your harvest season is coming. Look to two people and say, your harvest season is coming. We got to trust in God because it's, it's seasons over seconds. It's it's trust over trials, but most importantly, if you're writing this down, I need you to write this. If you're on your phone, I need you to tweet this. I need you to to do something. It's it's seasons over seconds. It's trust over trials, but most importantly, it's, it's stride over pride. It's stride over pride. James, in that same verse, he's encouraging us to be patient and stand firm. It says, you too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. The original language of the passage, stand firm means to set firmly in a direction. You see, the farmer waits patiently and stands firm, but a farmer doesn't just stand there and do nothing. A farmer, a farmer gets up every day to check on and tend the fields. A farmer sets a, a daily routine with a goal in mind. The farmer sets his direction and finds his stride. See, a lot of you can't find your stride today because you've never made the decision to set in a direction in your life. See, the the key to surviving the virtual queue is you need to stand firmly in the things of God. We need to, if you don't have a direction right now, you need to say, you know what? I'm setting my direction on what God told me. I'm gonna set my direction on what God's word is telling me to do. I'm gonna stay faithful in this season. I'm gonna stay consistent in this season. I'm gonna find my stride in God. See, a marathon runner knows how important direction is. A marathon runner knows where he's running to. A marathon runner also knows how important their stride is and keeping a consistent stride throughout the entire race. Have you ever seen a video of a marathon runner who just tried to blow through it? Dude, their legs give out and they end up pooping their pants. And that's not me being cute, funny, little youth pastor. I'm being serious. Go on YouTube, search that up. They always poop their pants. Listen, the key to running a marathon is to find your stride and stay consistent because it's stride over pride. Your stride is so important because when you have pride in your stride, you're not going to be able to stay consistent because your pride will have you turning your marathon to a wind sprint. Pride will have you looking at every other runner saying, I'm going to beat you. Pride will have you looking at every other time being like, I'm going to set the world record will have you gone and burnt out before you even really started the race. Listen, do we have anybody in here who's taller than 6'5"? Or do we have anybody in here who told the DMV they're taller than 6'5"? And it says that on your license? I need somebody tall in here. Somebody tall. Quick. Quick. Somebody that's taller than me. Somebody who's taller than 6'5". Right here, Will West. Give it up for Will West. Will, come up here. Come up here. Come up here. Stand right here. Actually, come, come over here because we're going to need to take some, some steps. Yeah, you're definitely taller than me, man. You're scaring me. Okay, <laughs> so check this. Look at me, look at Will. Two different builds. Two different heights. Two different strides. You, you, see, you see right here? Go ahead, line up right there and go ahead and take five steps that way in your, in your regular stride. Okay. Look, he has longer legs than I do, right? So can you imagine, can you imagine me trying to go ahead and go with what Will Stride is? Not even just walking, but during a marathon, me trying to go ahead and take my short leg itself, go ahead and try and do this the whole time? Can you imagine me trying to run a, run a marathon like this? I can't, I can't keep up with Will Stride because I ain't built like Will. God built me like me. God built Will like Will. If I go ahead and I let pride take the best of me, I'm going to get burnt out before the race even starts because I'm trying to run like Will. You got to find your stride. Thank you, Will. I appreciate you. Give us a noise for Will West right now. (sighs) Listen, I wasn't built for his stride. I can't do his stride. I got to find my stride. God's calling me to a specific stride. I got to figure that out. God's calling you to a specific stride. You got to figure that out. We can't compare strides anymore. We can't look to our left and right and say, what is Will doing? What is Chris doing? You gotta get with God and say, God, what kind of stride do you need me to run in this season and stay consistent? You know, one of the best guys in the, in the Bible, one, one of the guys who knows the most about how it seasons over seconds. One of the guys who knows most about his trust over trials. One of the guys who knows most about uh, its stride over pride is Joseph. You see in, the, in Joseph, it's, it's a story where Joseph has this dream season and he has a lot of brothers, but he has this dream season and this dream season kind of gets him in trouble a little bit because he shares it a little too fast with his brothers and his brothers get really mad. So they wrongfully sell him to slavery. And, and so, so Joseph goes into slavery and he starts working for this guy named Potiphar and God's with Joseph the entire time. And, and it actually says in the scripture that as he worked for Potiphar, God blessed everything that Joseph did. And because Joseph was in Potiphar's house, God blessed Potiphar's house. So so check this, Joseph is is working still consistent, hasn't turned his back on the Lord while he's, while he's in the, this pit of slavery. And then Potiphar's wife wrongfully lies about him and accuses him of something. And it, it gets Joseph thrown in prison. And in prison, Joseph doesn't turn his back on the Lord. In in the prison, actually, Joseph still operates and moves in the gift that God gave him to interpret dreams. And that actually gets all the way to the Pharaoh where the Pharaoh needs a dream interpreted. And Joseph is the guy who interprets that because of how he acted in the prison. And the Pharaoh is so pleased, he makes Joseph second in command over all of Egypt. Joseph couldn't see what was going on the entire time because Joseph was also in the virtual queue. You're telling me he knew what God was doing when Joseph was put into slavery? you telling me he knew what God was doing when Joseph was put into prison? You're gonna tell me he knew Pharaoh was gonna make him second in command? I, I, if I was Joseph, I would just be happy that the king would let me, or the Pharaoh would let me go ahead and maybe get a couple days of parole for that kind of thing, you know? But second in command of all of Egypt? The vice president? Listen, y'all need to know. Joseph was in the virtual queue, but Joseph had a stride and he stayed consistent. Y'all gotta get your stride and stay consistent, especially in the virtual queue. Listen, in five chapters, Joseph goes from the pit to the prison to the palace. In five chapters, Joseph's faith doesn't waver. In five chapters, Joseph's character doesn't change. And in five chapters, God continues to bless Joseph in everything he does. That's consistency. That's staying consistent. That's stride over pride because in the pit and in the prison, he didn't get pitiful. And when he gets to the palace, Joseph doesn't become prideful. He actually forgives his brothers for selling him into slavery and then moves the entire family out to Egypt to eat after what Joseph was given. It's stride over pride. Listen, the key to running the marathon is a good consistent stride. The key to the virtual cue is a good, consistent stride. And the key to building a better relationship with God is having a good, consistent stride. What is the stride that God's calling you to today? We need a good, consistent stride in our prayer time. Find your stride. Is that 10 minutes at the very beginning of the day? Then start it and keep going. Stay consistent. We need to find a good stride in reading our Bible. Find your stride. For you, is that 10 verses a day? Then start it. Stay consistent. We need to find a good stride when it comes to giving and generosity. Find your stride. Is that 10%? Then start and keep on going. We need to stay consistent. James, the verse of James says, see how the farmer waits for the land. The word wait in the original language is active, not passive. So in this waiting season, wait doesn't mean waste the season, but this waiting season means that you're going to find your stride and stay consistent while we wait on the Lord. And as a follower of Christ, we're all called to find our stride and stay consistent in and out of every single season. I just want to take a minute today and pray for anybody in here who's, maybe you, you, you find yourself in a pit in this season. Maybe right now you're in a prison in this season. Maybe right now you're in a palace, you're doing good in this season, thank God. But maybe you're trying not to fall into pity or fall into pride. Maybe you have no stride right now and you're saying, God, I need to figure out what my stride is gonna be. I wanna pray for you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna take this second. If that's you... If you're saying, Chris, I need, I need help with my stride. I need to start a stride. I, need, I found a stride, but I need to stay consistent. I'm in a pit, I'm in a prison and I'm trying not to grow in pity. I'm in a palace and I'm trying not to, to grow in pride. If that's you, I wanna go ahead and pray for you right now. So on the count of three, if that's you, I'd love for you to just stick your hand up in the air and say, Chris, add me in that prayer. One, two, three. That's you, just raise your hands. I'll, I'll pray for you. Thank you so much. Hands across this room. God, you see these hands, God, you see these hearts, God. I, I just pray right now for the people who need to find a stride, that you speak to them clearly, that they hear your calling, Lord God, that they hear you telling them, hey, I need you to do this for this stride for this season. I need you to do this in this stride in this season. Lord God, give them their stride. Help them find their stride. For the people in here who are, who are having problems with the current stride that they're going through, Lord God, I pray that your, your presence, Lord God, Comforts them in the season, where they are energized and renewed by you to go ahead and keep with their stride consistent in the season. And right now, with every head bowed and eyes closed, I still want to pray for one more group of people. And that's if that's you, somebody who's never even given their life to Jesus, someone who who's saying, you know what, Chris, I never knew about this stride thing. You know, I've been, I've been, I've been just wasting a season, or I, I, I've been in a waiting season so long that I've lost faith. If, if this is you and you say, you know what, Chris, I've never accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior and I wanna do so today, I wanna let you know, Jesus Christ is, was all man, yet all God. He came down to this earth and paid a price with his life for us. He paid for our sins so that we may live with him again in heaven in this next life. He went ahead and he took care of our sin issue and built a bridge to get directly to God. And today, if that's you and you say, you know what? I've been in the worst seasons. I've been doing it by myself. I've been operating by myself, trying to go ahead and do it all in my strength, but I'm done with that. I need God to take it over. If you want to accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior today on the count of three with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray for you. One, if that's you, just on count of three, raise your hand all the way up. Two, this is a big decision, but I wanna encourage you, this is the most important decision because it means you'll never be alone again. Three, if that's you and you say, you know what, Chris, I need to go ahead and I need to give it up to God. I, I need God, I need you to be the Lord and leader of my life so you can set the direction, you can set the pace and the stride of my life. I need to trust in you. If that's you, there's no one looking around, just raise your hand, please. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God. You see these hands, you see these hearts. God, I just pray right now for those people who said yes to you. If you said yes to them, you, you can pray with me. You don't have to say all you can say in your heart right now, but, but God, we thank you. God, I, I believe who you are. I believe who you say you are. I believe that you are the God of the universe. I believe that you sent Jesus down. Jesus is your son. I believe that he is he is your son who died on the cross for my sin. He lived a perfect a perfect sinless life, and he died on the cross for my sins and rose again three days later to give me life in you, a life in heaven, an eternal life with you. Be my Lord, my leader. Be my Lord, my leader and my Savior. Come into my heart today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Come on, Transformation Church. Can we make some noise for God, what he's done, and for the people who get a fresh start? Come on. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.